Welcome to the Living Word, the radio broadcast ministry of Living Word Church. I'm Sarah Jalai Emanuel, the minister of Living Word Church. You know, when Jesus, uh, Lord Jesus Christ, during his earthly ministry, he, he made us a promise in chapter 14 of the gospel according to John. In John 14:23, Jesus said, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Now, when the first time I read that message, that particular statement, so many years ago, about 14, 15 years ago, was the first time I read it, because before then, I was not a Bible-believing Christian. And um, I, was, I felt so encouraged, I felt so elated, I was so excited at the prospect of having God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord, God the Son, making their home with me. And so I thought, well, there's only one condition to this which Jesus gave us, and it is that if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. So it made me very eager to obey the teachings of our Lord. And so I opened up my Bible and studied my Bible with the view of how can I obey the Lord? What do you want me to be doing? What do you want me to be saying? You know, I, I need to obey you. So what are your instructions, Lord? And this is the attitude that is expected of Christians. Now, I look around me every day, and as a minister of God, I'm very, very, um, I'm very upset, shall we say, and very disappointed and very aggrieved at what I see today that people call Christianity. I do not see around much of the zeal. There's very little of the zeal that the first century Christians had. There is very little thirst and hunger for righteousness. Now we know that Jesus said, in uh, as part of the Beatitudes, said, "Bless the, those who th uh, thirst and hunger for righteousness, for they will be filled." Now, unfortunately, I don't see a lot of the thirst and hunger for righteousness about, and um, I do not see people eager to obey the teachings of Christ. And because of that, the di direct consequence of that is that there are not many people in whom you see the life of Christ. The presence of our Lord Jesus Christ and God the Father, as Jesus promised, is not evident in very many lives. And in talking about many lives, I'm talking about the Christians here. Forget about the non-believers. They are not part of God's promise anyway. But for those of us who say we know the Lord, who call on the name of Jesus... Those of us who say we are part of the Church of Christ, it is a very uh, unsettling thing to see that the word of the Lord is not being fulfilled in the lives of many. Now, I know one thing for a fact, and it's the fact that the Lord is, is, he does not fill in his promises. Everything he has said is as he has said it. So I know for a fact that there is nothing wrong with the promise our Lord has made. But the problem is with the people because the people are not obedient and where there is no obedience because of the lack of obedience the promise of the Lord is not being fulfilled now everything God has said he will do he can do everything our Lord has promised he can deliver because he alone can make a promise and fulfill it he alone can decrease something and let it come to pass so when we look around, what is the problem? What is wrong? This is the reason why people go from one meeting to the other, from one crusade to the other. I've never known a more, a, a more restless bunch of Christians than I see in this age. 
They are at every meeting. They go to this one for seven days, and then the next one starts by another person. Another minister starts another one for three days, and they're there. And then there's another one for four days, and they're there. They go from meeting to meeting, from crusade to crusade, chasing after what? What is missing? What are people looking for? Now, as far as I can see, it is a lack of the presence of God in their lives. A lack of the presence of Christ, because as Christ said, that he will make his home with us, and God the Father will make his home with us, because of our obedience. Now, where there is no obedience, naturally we, are, we will be lacking in the presence of the living God. And because the, there's a uh, lack of the presence of the living God, people will be dissatisfied because no person can be truly peace-filled or joy-filled outside of God. It's simply not possible. So we have a situation here where people are discontent and people are unhappy. And people are looking for, 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 for fulfillment and breakthroughs and all such, all such things. Now, the Lord has not uh, failed in his promise to us, and he does not withhold from us any good thing. Oh yes, he does not withhold from us any good thing. Even the psalmist confirmed it, and this was even before our Lord Jesus came and gave us revelation of the Father's purpose and will. The psalmist says in, in, in Psalm 34 that he who loves the Lord lacks no good thing, and that is a fact. So what is the problem now? The problem is there is no true embrace of the message, the true message of the gospel today anymore. There are not many preachers who are preaching the gospel of Christ. A lot of them are torn to the doctrine of demons. But the people love to hear that because the doctrine of, of demons encourage, encourages everything worldly, discourages everything godly, encourages everything worldly and the people just love to hear those things and as a result of that there's a lack of fulfillment and a, and a lack of contentment in the lives of too many we have a lot of teachings today encouraging people to go for more reach out for more you're supposed to be healthy wealthy and you know so blessed and highly favored you're supposed to be to, uh, to, to, to be stupendously rich you're supposed to have fame so much so that even the people who prepared to sing well, to, to sing to the lord in, in gospel songs are now they, they like so they're the, the secular celebrities that's the status they're all chasing it's all now about just making money and entertaining the people a lot of places that we call well, would be called churches are no longer churches anymore they're called all kinds of um Christian centers and gatherings and a lot of them are now entertainment arenas you know we want to please the people we want the people to come in of course I mean the more people who come in the more money the, the institute the establishment makes so of course we're going to do everything to please the people we're going to say everything to please the people we'll bring we'll do anything to bring them in so what do we do people are now beginning to be invited into what's supposed to be church for all kinds of reasons except that of godliness and righteousness people have been brought in a single summit and uh, a young businessmen's conference and uh, business entrepreneurs, this or that. All that in the house of the Lord. What is the difference between that and the day when Jesus went into the temple and found all kinds of traders in there? There's no difference except that today it's a lot more sophisticated and cleverly disguised under the name of Jesus. But is the Lord fooled? The Bible says God cannot be mocked. 
Oh yes, God cannot be mocked. A man will reap what he sows. And this is exactly why, despite all these conferences that people are attending, despite all these meetings, despite all the slogans they are taught to say, I'm blessed and highly favored, and uh, all sorts of things like that that they're taught to say just to reaffirm what they believe is um, the presence of God in their lives. Despite all that, there's still so much discontent. There's still so much dissatisfaction. True Christians, if you, are, if you really have the presence of God in you, if the Lord abides in you as he promised he would, but then the condition is if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Now, if the Lord, if the presence of the living God and the Lord Jesus Christ is with you, as they said, as Jesus said, because of your obedience, we will make our home with you then you have no reason to run from one crusade to the other or, from, or, or go church hopping from one place to the other because, you see, God does not hide himself from anyone. The Bible makes it very clear that God does not live in temples built by hands. So running from one building to the other because you think that's one church and the prophet, the prophet or the man of God or woman of God there is so powerful and so hot, you know, you go from one place to the other. Let me tell you, when you have a relationship, this is the reason Jesus came. When you have a relationship with the Lord, you are the temple in which God lives in the power of his Holy Spirit. So it doesn't matter where you go. So there's no need to run from one place to the other. You don't run around looking for blessings because if you live in obedience to the Lord, the blessing of the Lord will be, will be yours by default. That's why Jesus said, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. So why are you running around looking for everything else? Where do you want to look to find it? You need to sort out your relationship with the Lord. That's what. That is the only solution. No man can pray you into any financial breakthrough. Unless, of course, you go about it by diabolical means, which a lot of people are doing, you know, out of the church. The blessing of the Lord, the Bible says, gives wealth and adds no trouble to it. So where there's trouble, you're stressing yourself out, running back and forth, trying to find that financial breakthrough. And some people are drawing on your emotional weakness and your sense of greed and lust. But then the Bible says, in Ephesians 5, 5, the Bible says very clearly that no immoral said of this you can be sure no immoral impure or greedy person such a person is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of christ and of god now when you're being told that you shouldn't be content with the situation you're in because it can be better it can be better it is your portion to be rich possess your possession yeah go for it go for it go for gold you've got to be the best you've got to have the best you've been your sense of greed has been encouraged because the Bible says that godliness with contentment is great gain. Now let me tell you one thing. There is no amount of education or that any minister may have or can have. No amount of anointing they claim they have. Because the word anointing is so, so, so foolishly used and applied today that it is such an irritation to me when I hear it being used. Because the anointing of God only comes from God. And it is the ability, the, the God-given ability by the Holy Spirit for you to witness to the glory of God. It's not a power by which you knock people over down on the stages and, and speak in tongues and things like that. That's not what the anointing is. But it's been cheapened as the presence of the name of the Holy Spirit has been cheapened, as the, as the name of Christ has been cheapened, even as the cross of Christ has been cheapened. But the Bible says God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows.
So if you want to, there's no amount of education or qualification or experience and all those amazing stories that you hear from people who purport to be servants of God. No amount of anything, any one of us has any new knowledge that's going to change the word of God. The word of God is firmly established and the amen is in Christ Jesus. So if you're going to live contrary to the instructions of the Lord, because your minister says so, because that's what the world is now saying, then you, you deceive yourself. And unfortunately, in as much as you want to do things the way of the world, you will go the way of the world. And the Lord will have no part in your life. Because nobody is wiser than Christ. Jesus said, a man cannot be, a, a man cannot be higher than his teacher. It is enough for the man to be like his teacher. Jesus was the ultimate in the, t in the teaching about godliness and righteousness. And none of us can surpass him. And none of us is receiving or, is, or has received any new knowledge outside of what Jesus himself told us. He and the Father are one. So he alone knows, he knew the mind of God and he made it known to us. So when we fool ourselves and we're beginning to embrace all kind of doctrines that are not the doctrine of Christ Jesus, the true gospel, then you should change yourself. And unfortunately, not only in this life will you be discontent and dissatisfied and full of misery, lacking in hope, lacking in, uh, in joy, lacking in peace, but for eternity you will have no place in the kingdom of God. We just read in Ephesians 5.5. 5. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. So what is it all about? We run around this world trying to find satisfaction, trying to find happiness, running after material things, when the Bible says very, very clearly, we are not to love the world or anything in the world. It says because the love of the world, the love of all things in the world, does not come from the Father, but from the world. It comes from the evil one. So we're told that all those things will pass away with the world, including those who subscribed to it, or the peoples of the world who love the world and embrace the world. These things will pass away, but only the man who, who does the will of God will live forever. That we find in sec, uh, 1 John 2, from 15 to 17. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and his desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. So there you have it. The cravings of sinful man. That insatiable greed for more, more money, more money, bigger and better things. You want a bigger house. You think you need a bigger car. Now we've got ministers who run around in private jets. What's the urgency to pass on the message of the gospel? God has got servants in every nook and corner of the world. So people are running around and they're encouraging it. They're encouraging you because that's the way they live. Paul the apostle was able to say to the people, emulate me as, even as I emulate Christ. So of course, today we have a situation where people are emulating their ministers only you don't have the money, many do not have the financial prowess to emulate them as much as they'd love to because the ministers are making all the money while the congregation is getting thinner and still pouring out all the money to encourage the, the greed of the ministers in the name of sowing seeds so that you can get some more out of God. You can't pay God for anything. You do not pay God for any favors. The giving we do, we're supposed to do, yes, out of obedience, not because of what we want out of the Lord. So be very careful. 
Be very, very careful. Many are deceived. These are, this doctrine of worldliness is totally, totally averse to the, to, to, to the teachings of the Holy Bible. So what is going on? Yeah, the Bible warns us that the time will come indeed when people will no longer keep to sound doctrine, but to please themselves, they're going to gather around themselves a large number, a large number, the Bible says, of teachers to tell them what their itchy ears want to hear. It says they will turn their ears away from the truth and embrace the myths. And that's exactly what's going on. So you go to all these crusades and you're being convinced that, oh, somebody's been in your case, somebody is trying to deter your progress, so you're told to curse your enemy and all sorts of things and, and reject this and rebuke that. You're wasting your time. Get your life right with God in obedience and everything that is due to you, the Lord will give to you in his own time. Not everybody is going to own a house in this world not everybody is going to own cars not everybody is going to be rich not everybody is going to be married not everybody is going to have children that's just the way it is god created a perfect world but through the sinfulness of man we messed things up so our hope is not for this present life but our hope is for the future for eternal life that the Lord has promised, for the, for, for, for the new earth that the Lord has promised, it's going to be the home of righteousness. But believe me, but now in this present world, you are not covered by the righteousness of Christ. Then you have no part in the kingdom that is to come. Because no way, there is no way God is going to have another set of rebellious humans full of greed and idolatry in his presence to live forever. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And it's not enough. I know we say, the Bible makes us understand that the righteousness of Jesus is what makes us righteous. That's not to say we fold our hands and sit there and say, well, I'm covered by the righteousness of Christ, so there's nothing for me to do. I can just go on living normally because it's not about my righteousness, it's that of Christ. No, the righteousness of Christ covers you, makes you righteous when you're obedient to Christ. When you're obedient to Christ, that's when the righteousness of Jesus covers you. That's when that makes you righteous. Because when you've got your relationship right with the Lord, you love the Lord, you live in obedience to the Lord. And that's what it's all about. That's when you find your peace and contentment with and joy in the Lord. Outside of that, obedience is not going to happen. So it doesn't matter how many churches, how many churches you go to, or how many ministers' books you buy, all the self-help books. So many ways how you can get rich, how you can possess your possession, how you can get you live the kingdom life here in the world. What kingdom life are we talking about? The people who are teaching you about this kingdom life, telling you to be rich and to be all this nonsense about some coming wealth transfer and some kingdom bank and kingdom finances. It's a whole lot of nonsense. Where do you see all that in the Holy Word of God? Where do you see it in the Holy Word of God? The very people who are talking to you about this such a futile and carnal kingdom life have no part in the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter what title they have or how many people they've got following them in the world. They have no part in the kingdom of Christ and of God. They have simply have none because all of the, all of the um, conditions of the Lord that qualifies us to be inheritors of his kingdom, you find this in the Beatitudes, these people are lacking in. And you're following in their footsteps. Why is it so difficult for people to pick up your own Bible, pick up your Bible, read the Word of God, and obey what it says? Why is that such a task? Why is it so impossible? Because the thinking is too stifling. That's the trouble with a lot of people. People want to hide from church. 
A lot, a lot, many unbelievers, when you speak to them the message of the gospel, the reason they don't want to come to Christ, come to Christ or become Christians is because they believe it stifles their life. It's going to be stifling on their lifestyle. It's going to cramp their style. But what style are we talking about? A style of deadliness. Oh yes, because anyone who dies outside of Christ Jesus is hellbound. That's just the way it is. So we have a problem in the world today where because we'd, want, we'd rather have a crowd in the church, you know, people would rather have a crowd in the church, they'd rather gather people because, of course, the more people come in, the more the tithing, the more the offering, the more the seeds being sown, financially, that is. And so for that reason, today, many are happy to just, uh, they're content to tell people anything they want whatsoever, as long as they entice them into the church. So the church has become an entertainment arena as, a, as opposed to a place of holy worship and reverence for God. It's become something of an entertainer, a social club, rather than a place where you go to learn the will of God. To learn the word and the will of God and learn to obey the Lord. Times have changed. These are perilous times. They definitely are perilous times. And it's very sad because many people think they're saved but are not. Many are so lost. The true message of the gospel has been lost. It's been lost in the great sea of the message of worldliness. We're supposed to preach a message of godliness. But no, now the world is preaching a message of worldliness and the people just love that and they just embrace it. And you know what? It will be no excuse on that day when you face the Lord to say, well, it wasn't my fault. It was the church I went to. This was what the minister preached. That's not going to be an excuse because you've got the word of God there that you can read it yourself and learn to obey. Oh, yes. The Lord said, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord. But you're not seeking the Lord. You are seeking the things of the world. And so you've been filled a lot of empty notions. And that's good enough for you, even though you do not find the peace and the joy that you desire in all this nonsense doctrines you've been listening to. When are you going to reconsider and get back, get back to reality? When are you going to do things God's way rather than the world's way? Because there's no way anyone can tell me that they do not have Christ in their lives. They're disobedient to Christ and they tell me they've got peace and joy. It is simply not possible. It is simply not possible. I insist on that. So for how long do you want to keep on travailing and suffering? Jesus said, if you obey me, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teachings. And my, I and my father will love him and we will come to make our home with him. Do you feel daily the presence of God and of Christ in you? Because if you do, you have no business church hopping or going from one crusade to the other. We encourage the greed of these ministers who come up with all these fake crusades and holding other counterfeit miracles and signs and wonders, even as the Bible wants us. The working of the lawless one. So to be evidenced in, the, in, in all kinds of counterfeit miracles and signs and wonders. But you fall for it. When my grandmother died about four years ago at the age of 97, she, we, we, we held a funeral service in the church that she had attended all her life. The same church where she was named and christened in, 19, um, in 1910. 
yeah, she died at the, age of, at the age of 96. And she was born in that church. She attended that church until her dying day at the age of 96. So you see, that is what we call loyalty to Christ. That is a, That was a stable Christian. She was the first true Christian I ever knew, actually. A person whom, in whom one could see the life of Christ, the meekness of Christ, the love of Christ, the gentleness of Christ, the grace and mercifulness of Christ was evidenced in this woman. She did not change churches for a second all the days of her life, 96 years, and she never changed church, not once. In the same church where she was born was she buried. How much of such loyalty do we have today? How much of such loyalty? People are going from one place to the other. Everyone is wallowing in dissatisfaction and discontent. It's called greed. Biblically, that's what it's called, greed. And the Bible says a greedy person has no inheritance in the kingdom of God and of Christ. So you see, when we've been told not to love the world or anything in, uh, in the world, we're told to live our lives for God. But you've been told, what you've been taught today is, as a Christian, you've got no business suffering. As a Christian, you should not be without a lot of money. As a Christian, you shouldn't suffer poor health. As a Christian, you shouldn't... Where did you get all that from? The Bible makes it clear that in this world, we will have trouble. But Jesus said, take heart, I have overcome the world. So who is it that's promising you this blissful Christian life of an abundance of wealth and riches in the world and a fantastic status in the world? The kingdoms of this world are perishing. So what are you doing? The Bible makes it very clear that we are aliens in this world. We're merely passing through. A true Christian is a, an in, uh, is a, a, a citizen of the kingdom of God. A mere stranger in the world. So what are you wanting to embrace all the worldly values for? What are you wanting all these things in the world for? Jesus said very clearly, do not store up your treasure on earth. Where thieves steal, where rust and must destroy. He said, because wherever your treasure is, there, wherever your heart uh, treasure is, that's where your heart will be. So he tell, he encourages us to so uh, 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 to to store up our treasures in heaven, in the kingdom of heaven. Why are you not doing that? Why are you so concerned about amassing wealth and having wealth and having houses and having? So what happens if to you, today you do become a millionaire, you have all this money and all this wealth and you can buy anything you virtually want in the world and then you die the following day? Yeah, of what use is that? Because you see all those things you've accumulated will be of no eternal value to you. Will absolutely be of no eternal value to you. You can't spend your money in heaven and you won't be able to drive your car there or fly your private jet there as a matter of fact. So what are you talking about? What the Bible tells us very clearly in First Peter 4, 1 and 2. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude. Because he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. As a result, he does not leave the rest of his earthly life for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. What does the Bible mean by we should suffer in our bodies? Because Jesus did the same. Jesus suffered physical death for you and I. For those of us who are called according to God's purpose. So when you live that life of righteousness, when you live in self-denial, oh yes, when you live that sacrificial Christian life that is expected of us, you are suffering in your body. And the Bible says when you live like that, you are done with sin. 
you will not be enticed into sin. You will not be enticed into greed and lustfulness. No, you won't be because you're done with sin. Because you're living your life. You're living a reverent life. You're living a holy, pure, righteous life for Christ. And because of that, the Bible says, such people are those who will inherit the kingdom of heaven. Such are those who will inherit the earth. The new earth that God is going to create. The home of righteousness. It's our inheritance already. So why do we want to fight over this and struggle and struggle and make ourselves just go through a lot of hell even here in the world just trying to be a part of this particular earth and trying to accumulate this and achieve that on this earth that we know is going to be destroyed anyway. But we're told that the poor in spirit, the meek, the humble are going to be the inheritors of the earth the new earth that God is going to make create. Now we're waiting for that. We have hope. We know that the Lord's word will never fail. It will never fail. So we look forward to that. And because we look forward to that, we have caught ourselves, those of us who love the Lord Jesus with an undying love, have removed our affection from everything to do with this world and love thoroughly the Lord Jesus and everything concerning him, his laws, his commands, his instructions, his teachings, his life. We strive daily to be more and more like Christ in our thought, in our word, and in our deeds. Is that the kind of Christian life you live in? Because that is the only way you are going to be with the Lord eternally. Anything short of that is hell bound. And believe me, hell is as real as God's paradise. Absolutely real. And so in closing, let's see, what does Peter say? He gives us counsel in Second Peter chapter 3, from 10 to 13. So whilst you're running around being encouraged to get the best out of the world, be rich and wealthy and healthy and everything, spare a thought. Spare a thought for the day of the Lord, because that day is coming. So Peter says in Second Peter 3, from verse 10, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar, and el the elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything in it will be laid bare, since everything will be destroyed in this way. What kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with this promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. Absolutely. That's what we look forward to. Are you looking forward to that? Cut yourself away from everything pertaining to worldliness and begin to embrace godliness. If it is God's will, he will bless you with all that your heart desires. But only God's will will prevail. It doesn't matter how much you fast and attend crusades and pray about it. If it is not God's will for you, it won't happen. I'll leave it there for today. I'm Sarah Jala Emanuel.